0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for you your home for everything Lakers. Happy All-Star Weekend. I hope you guys get to relax. Watch some basketball if you guys enjoyed the three-point contest as that was probably the only thing that was enjoyable over the weekend but we got a lot to talk about on today's show still uh the lakers are back in action thursday night against the golden state warriors so we're going to be breaking down some of the matchups the closer we get to the game but we have a bunch of news still from all-star weekend heading into the week the lakers have Three more days off. They don't play it, like I said, until Thursday night against Golden State. But before we get into all of that, quick reminder, please do subscribe right here to the Lakers YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. And if you guys are new, uh, make sure you guys go over and check out Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please leave a, leave us a five-star rating and review. It's a great way to help out the show. All right. we. I mean, l- 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 let's just start off. Let's just start off. With, I don't know, I don't know if I want to call it the elephant in the room, but all-star weekend, all-star weekend, more specifically, the all-star game, uh, is not getting a very positive reaction, right? Uh, the Eastern Conference team, first off, they reverted back to the East versus West format. The Eastern conference team scored, I want to say was, was it, 211 points. In their win against the Western Conference last night, at the time of this uh, being posted, and that was a uh, that was a very hard game to watch. I'm not gonna lie, and I I don't get into All Star games a bunch anyway. Until like sometimes it's really close, like the fourth quarter. And I feel like the 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 players feel that way too. But this one, I was just super out of it. Just absolutely. My, my excitement for an all-star game has never been lower. And I felt that way from the jump. Like there's never a part of the game. I was like, oh, cool. That's nice. Hey, good play. Or, you know, hey, like that's a it's a good part. or Even the shots. Like, yeah, when Halliburton went nuts, that was kind of fun in the first quarter. But that's kind of like the extent of the fun I had watching that all-star game. Was watching Halliburton kind of go nuts in the first quarter. And then after that, I really like had no excitement or you know any you know future anticipation for uh, the All Star game. And I really think the NBA needs to do one of three things. And the third thing is not going to happen. So I'm just going to start off with it. One option I think is you just nuke All Star weekend and you just make it a week off of rest for every team, and we resume play on this Thursday. And they take that whole week off, whole week off of nothing. That's not going to happen at all because All Star Weekend, regardless of how bad it is (in air quotes), it still makes too much money for the entire league in terms of tickets, in terms of merchandise being sold, in terms of um, in terms of media deals and stuff like that. It just makes the league too much money for that to ever be considered a realistic option. But I just want to throw it out there. I've seen that a little bit on my timeline. Number two is they go to a NBA, USA versus the world all-star game and kind of make it like bragging rights, if you will, in air quotes, like seeing, I mean, uh, like Jokic and SGA and uh Luka and Giannis. And I don't know, the, the next guy that for some reason pops into my head is um Jamal Murray, who's Canadian, if I remember correctly, right? Versus Steph, KD, LeBron, Tatum, AD, stuff like that, right? If they were able to make something, Anthony Edwards, Devin Booker, right? If they were able to make it something like that, that could be an option. But this is my my favorite one, right? And it is, and I know the immediate response, so hear me out. The immediate response is going to be, oh my God, there is no way the players are going to do this for the same reason why they don't do the dunk contest because of the embarrassment or whatever of losing. Sure. But we're going to solve that problem. And that is doing a freaking one-on-one tournament because, oh my gosh, man, like I just thinking of some of the matches like (laughs) Kyrie. Versus like a Devin Booker or something like that, right? Or a KD versus Kawhi in the in the in the finals for the championship or whatever, right? And to say to take out any of the oh my god, no way they would ever do this. We thought that we 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 questioned the players' motivations for the end season tournament, and I mean it, it seemed like they cared about five hundred thousand dollars. So cool, we're gonna ump it even more. Let's do a million dollars, a million dollar prize, which the league can definitely do. A million dollar prize for a eight person, or you can make it 16. At 16, I would assume it kind of occupied the whole weekend. So we're gonna do eight. A six person, I'm sorry, an eight-person one-on-one tournament, first to eleven ones and twos. You win, you advance, right? You you advance to the finals. The winner gets a hundred gets one million dollars. The the uh second place person gets uh a set amount donated to charity or whatever right? so you either you either win a million dollars for yourself I don't know and or you win five hundred thousand dollars or something like that for a charity or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to make it a little bit more you know realistic to donate to charity or something like that, right? I don't know. Like that just something that popped into my head I mean compensation wise or whatever, right? For the winner. But that would immediately like re-peak the interest of All Star Weekend. You build All Star Weekend around your and your mark. Your two marquee events are now the one-on-one tournament and the three-point contest, which is easily the highlight of Saturday night. Now make those two the framework of All Star Weekend, and you got me hooked again. The three-point contest is genuinely the best part every year. It's kind of like the home run derby for for baseball, where it's the best part of the weekend, and that's probably the only thing I'm going to watch the full the, the entire thing of, right? Build your all-star weekend around those two things, and we'll figure the rest out. But that is my pitch. NBA, I hope you're watching. I know you're watching because this is Lakers Nation. So that is my pitch. Build all-star weekend around those two things because, like, the, we've seen guys compete. Like, they compete for the three-point contest, right? I thought the three-point contest – is and has basically been for better part of a, a decade almost now, maybe even won the shining spots on all-star weekend. And you throw in the one-on-one competition or whatever, which will never get old for the same reason why the three-point contest will almost never really get old because it's always going to be competitive. You can lose to anybody. It can be Luca versus Austin Reeves in the first round or whatever. And if Austin Reeves gets hot, Austin Reeves can beat you, right? It's just the fact that even though it's, you know, uh, an overwhelming favor, you can always still lose in these types of one-on-one competitions, and that's why these would be so fun. So, build your All-Star Weekend, around those two things. But, all right, we got some actual uh, Lakers news to get to. We're also going to end the show off with the mailbag, so make sure you guys stick around for that. Pulled a couple of questions. From uh Twitter. So we'll get to that in just one sec. But we actually do have a little bit of news and it all and it all uh revolves around LeBron James. So LeBron James had a quote. I'm going to find it really, really quickly here so I don't uh you know incorrectly quote him or whatever, right? But LeBron hint he he hinted at a couple of things at his you know media. Appearance or whatever before the all-star game, he hints at potential retirement. He hints at that he doesn't know how much longer he has, but he kind of I'm paraphrasing now, he kind of does see the light at the end of the tunnel. And LeBron did have this quote here when uh when referring to his enjoyment of you know suiting up and being a part of the Lakers. He says this. This is from David McMenamin of ESPN. Um, he says this uh in in the media appearance. As well, but this is, you know, uh, this is transcribed by Dave and the people at ESPN. He says, "I am a Laker. I'm and I'm happy and i have been very happy being a Laker the past six years, and hopefully it stays that way." But I don't have the answer to how long it is or which uniform I'll be in, referring to his how you know where he'll retire at, things like that. Hopefully it is with the Lakers. It is with is a a great organization. So many greats, but we'll see. He also refers to, uh, talks about his injuries, ankle injury, which I'm going to get to in just a sec. Trying to get to my ankle, try to get my ankle, excuse me, as strong as possible, as strong, and as back to where I feel confident I can finish off the last start of the season. He says that I won't be playing the entire game tonight for sure. I can get out there, run around with the young guys for a little bit then shut down stuff points to get my body and my ankle, more importantly, another opportunity to rest. Um, LeBron did do that and um, he did not play at all in the second half. Now, the uh, Dave reports in this article that LeBron would leave Indiana, Indianapolis, excuse me, to travel to receive more medical attention on his left angle before the Lakers' next game, uh, which is Thursday night against Golden State, who are competing with the Lakers in the Western Conference playoff race. The Warriors are the 11th seed. The Lakers are the 9th seed. The Lakers currently have a 1.5-game lead. On the wars, so like I said, they play. Um, it is it is in Golden State. There's a lot of big time games Thursday night for the Lakers that matter. The Rockets play the the Pelicans. The Spurs play the Kings. The Jazz play the Hornets. The Mavs play the doubt. Uh, play the Phoenix Suns in a matchup that I mean, there is a one game difference between the the Suns who are five and the Mavs who are seven. And the Lakers are sitting pretty at nine, who are only three and a half games back of Phoenix. And the Lakers have a big stretch that we all know about um, at, at the end of March, end of February, basically when we get back, and then to kick off March. It's a big stretch there where the Lakers have to try to find some wins. Um, and this kind of blends into the report that's come out about LeBron's, you know, injury or whatever. It is being reported that LeBron might not even play Thursday night, which has drawn a bunch of criticism and a bunch of frustration from uh, fellow Laker fans about why LeBron played tonight and why and why does he get play tonight if he can't play Thursday night? Look, again, I completely understand the frustration, um, especially with all the other injuries that this Lakers team has going on. Are we sure? Are you able? to go into Golden State minus LeBron James and, and, pull off a, and pull off a win? Are you able to do that? Because the statuses of Gabe, okay, well, Gabe okay, Vincent and Jerry are both out for sure. Um, I, I'm not, they don't even have to put out the injury report for that one. They are both 99.9% going to be out for the game on uh, Thursday night against Golden State. And then... You have LeBron now on the injury report. In terms of, is how likely is he's actually going to play come Thursday night? And then you have uh, you have Max Christie and and Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is reportedly likely going to play. That was kind of the notion we got before the All Star break was, hey, Cam should be good to go post All Star break, and then Max around the same timetable. So. If you get Max and Cam back, that can soften the blow a little bit. But look, guys, like LeBron, dude, really, we really need that guy to play. In Golden State, the stakes are pretty high this game. You do have two more regular season meetings with them, both in L.A., March 16th and then uh, April 9th. So this is huge to at least guarantee a season split. And then you have one more opportunity to guarantee the season a series win, which could very much be uh, pivotal in terms of potentially deciding tiebreakers in the Western Conference playoff race. So, something to keep an eye out on for sure is LeBron James' status heading into Thursday night. As in regards to LeBron's, you know, commitment plans and stuff like that, he talked about uh, whether or not he wants a to farewell tour and, and things like that, and where he thinks how much time he thinks he has left and stuff like that. I think it's really, really cool that he still sounds committed to the Lakers. I think that's kind of like the best way to phrase it. He does sound committed to the Lakers. He sounds like this is where he wants to be right now. And uh, the, this is his primary focus. He's not really focused on anything else. Even in the deadline, during the deadline, you know, it, it it did really feel like LeBron wanted to stay here. He just wanted to put pressure on the Lakers organization to get something done. But it it, it always kind of felt like Brown wanted to be a Laker. I've never really doubted him in that. So it, that begs the question, does LeBron retire a Laker? Right now, my answer would be yes. If you ask me right now, as of February 19th, 2024, is LeBron James going to retire a Laker? The answer would be yes. Now that that there's going to be a follow up question, many follow up questions after that. But the next one, the next question is going to be, Well, Sean, what about Bronny? Hit LeBron James's son who plays for USC, the USC Trojans, who are having a really rough year so far. They're in Pac 12 competition right now. But my response, and I mean, <laughs> I don't want this to just come off weird, but what about him to a certain extent, right? One, the Lakers can very easily draft him, right? But two, I just refuse to believe that Bronny James gets drafted, God forbid, by like the Charlotte Hornets, to LeBron's gonna up and leave LA to go to Charlotte. And I don't mean any like Charlotte Hornets or, or slander towards the city of Charlotte or anything like that. But I think you get my point. Like LeBron feels so comfortable in Los Angeles where his family is right now. He's been here for six years. Anthony Davis is clearly one of his favorite teammates ever. I don't think Bron is. I think Bron wants to share the floor with Bronny. I don't think it necessarily is, oh my god, life or life or death, I have to be on the exact same team as my son. While that'd be awesome, I just don't think that in all like in actual reality, like that's going to co- it's going to come down to, oh my god, like the Orlando Magic now. They draft Bronny, Bronza a Magic in 2 weeks after the draft in free agency. I think the most likely thing is LeBron stays in LA and he probably rides out in rides out in the sunset in Los Angeles. Cause that's where he's that's where he calls home now, right? I I really believe that's kind of the outcome. Call me an optimist, if you will. Shout out Matt the Optimist for Alta. But I think LeBron's gonna retire a Laker. So it is in their best interest. I think this is why you go back to the hourglass emojis and some of the cryptic messaging or whatever. It's LeBron saying, "Hey, look, I I want to be here. I want to retire a Laker. I think he was said in the quote to like a a, a, a smaller degree, obviously. But look, with the hourglass, I want I want to be here. I want to retire a Laker. But I am naturally running out of time. How much longer can I be a top twelve player? Anthony Davis is as healthy as he's been in my entire tenure here, except the uh, except the championship year. How much time do we have?" To build an actual contender to win and compete for championships when the Western Conference is only getting better in terms of talent, the Lakers are the nine seed, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James have been for the most part outside. I mean, Bron's had the nagging uh ankle injury, 80s had like a couple of nagging injuries, he's had the Achilles or the heel technically. He's had another one. His might have been uh like a lower back thing too at the beginning of the year where he had that really rough stretch of play. But they've been available for the majority of the year. So, how much time do I really have here to keep winning? Essentially, I think Brown retires Laker. I think he wants to be here. I think it makes the most sense for both parties as well. Now, can draft Bronny? I, I I think I think Bronny James. Is available, like, the second round or something. I think that'd be uh pretty, pretty hard for the Lakers to pass up on. For, for the fact of, okay, LeBron's on the team, and Bronny has an NBA skill set. I feel like that's, like, going to get a bunch of slander. Bronny does have an NBA skill set. He's, like, 6'3", can shoot, can pass, can defend. He's athletic. He's smart. That's an NBA skill set. So, shrug. All right, let's dive into some second half concerns. So, what what things are we concerned about here heading into the second half? I would love to know your thoughts on all of this as well. Leave it in the comments section down below, and it's again always again hit a leave that like button, hit that like button, and uh, hit the subscribe button as well if you are new to the channel. So, second half concerns, and these are the things that concern me the most with this team. And number one, I think this is the most obvious one, and that is point of attack defense. And the and this is a big concern because we don't know the status of Gabe Ben. So we don't know the status. More importantly, of Jared Vanderbilt, because with Bando, there is like cautious optimism that he might come back and be able to be reevaluated like mid March for a very very late season return and maybe, like, really back to full strength by the playing tournament or hopefully the playoffs So the Lakers are, are you know, fortunate enough to, to get to that six-star, maybe even five-seed. But, um, the, yeah, I mean, there is also, like, pessimism, too. Like, hey, look, ADE might be gone for the year, right? We don't know what the status of Gabe Vincent is, right? And even if Gabe Vincent does come back, what is the condition of Gabe Vincent going to be in, right? As a basketball player, what's his condition going to be in? His ramp on process is probably going to be the longest out of anybody's I would imagine, right? Max Christie, Cam Reddish have missed time. There's more optimism that those two guys return, if not the first game back soon. So point of attack defense as a whole is the biggest problem for me with this team, because right now they can't stop a nosebleed on the defensive end of the floor and, Like The offense has been fun. The offense has been really, really fun to the point where I'm not really concerned with it as long as they're play calling uh, correctly. They've been significantly improved from a play calling perspective since uh, Christmas Day, basically really since the turn of the new year, especially. They've been really, really improved in that regard. Um, But. Uh, so as long as the play calling is good, I'm not worried about the offense, even though an offensive rating on the season, they might be like 18th or whatever. Check out true shooting percentage. Check out, uh, what is it, uh, effective field goal percentage. They're like top, they're top 12 in both categories. They might be top 10 in true shooting percentage, actually, right? So the offense doesn't really concern me. Um, to kind of close in on the offense, if you look at the, look at the uh, offensive rating, you look at those percentages, and you say, well, dang, Sean, why is there such a big disparity there? The answer is because the Lakers are not – they're, like, below average in terms of turnover percentage, and they're the second-worst offensive rebounding team in the league. So, essentially, the Lakers just aren't creating more opportunities for themselves because they're turning the ball over, and they aren't, like, heavy on the offensive glass, right? So, and if you look, like, since the turn of the new year, the turnovers are actually a little bit higher. to where I think they're bottom six since the turn of the new year. So uh the, the point of attack defense, because I think when this team is at their best still, it, it's been when their defense has been really high power, right? When they're able to get uh, like consistent stops on the defensive end, of the four. And while Anthony Davis is great, it's kind of the same dilemma the Bucks have this year where Brooke Lopez, the honest are great defenders, but they're first off their scheme kind of sucks, but the, uh, they have no point of attack defenders. Like they can guard the ball one-on-one and navigate a ball screen. Like they just don't have that. And right now you look at this team, Spencer Dinwiddie is your best defender right now. Like that's kind of suspect. And in order for Lakers to hit their maximum potential, they got to be able to continue this offensive uh, charge, if you will. But they got to get back to defending to at least say, Above average, deep, like a top, like the twelfth best defense. If this team is the tenth best defense and the fifteenth best offense, this team could win a championship. Right now, they're like the fifteenth best offense and like the twenty fourth best defense or something. I'm just throwing out random numbers or whatever, but that illustrates the point. So, like, that's not in the long term going to generate wins, right? They got to be able to get back to defending well on that and the floor and the point of attack defense is a. Big area of concern. It should improve with Cam and Banda or Cam and Max back, but even with those guys back, there's gonna be certain matchups where I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm just a little worried about that. And as solid as Spencer did what he has been since he's been a Laker, I don't know about the longevity of that. So that is the first thing that I am legitimately concerned about. Um secondly, and there is a a uh, a a mailback question about this. We don't have a ton of mailback questions, but there's one about it, um, and it is the rotation. And I'm more—I'm going to you know be more specific with the with the rotation. And what I mean by this is I'm concerned about the rotation if this team does get healthy, because as much as I want this team to get healthy, I am pretty scared, and I'm scared. I'm, I'm pretty skeptical. That's the better word to, to phrase it about what this team's rotation does look like when they get healthy and who's going to be in there because you have 12 guys. No, every player on this team that's not a rookie has a legitimate argument to play. Unfortunately, you're not playing 13 guys, right? So who's the, who, who are the odd people out, right? Or whose minutes are going to suffer the most? And I'm really, really worried that's just going to fall to the wrong people. It's going to be like Max completely out of the rotation. It's going to be Rui's minutes getting kind of cut shorter than what they probably should be, right? It's going to be because, think about it this way, the four guards are all playing. Austin, Austin, Gabe, if he's, and this is in a world where this team does get back to full strength. Austin, Gabe, D'Lo, and Spencer Dillewitt are all playing. Braun, AD are both playing. Bando's playing, Ruby's playing because of money, right? It's like those guys are penciled in. Torian penciled in because of you know Darwin's fan, excuse me, fanfare with them or his fandom with them. That's nine off rip. I haven't named a backup big yet. I haven't named Kim Reddish yet. So, and I, I, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth with the rotation stuff, but uh, with, with the mailbag. But how this team handles their rotation is a legitimate concern of mine. And is a more skeptical concern. Like, there is definitely a world in an the outcome, and I hope, I'm praying for this to be the case, where the Lakers kind of prove me wrong and they go with the, the right rotation. Um, but I, I'm definitely skeptical about what the rotation could be for this team when they do all get healthy. And then, obviously, health. Like, can this team just find a way to freaking stay Healthy, um, Bron 80, like I said, been relatively healthy this season's kind of been like everybody else. Thank god, Dilo hasn't missed a ton of time. Austin's been mostly healthy, but outside of that, man, Rui's missed a bunch of time. Bando's out potentially for the year. We don't know yet. Gabe's been out all but five games this season. Max and Cam are out now. Um, you know, like, th- this team just has been bothered with injuries all season long. Not to the point where I think it's like the excuse every single time this team goes on a two-game losing streak, but enough to where it's something worth talking about, right? So can this team stay healthy? And the last thing, this is really much of a concern. It's more so like a a hope that the Lakers continue to do it. And it's just going back to the play calling, right? It's going back to the play calling. The Lakers have done an excellent job since, like I said, the turn of the new year in terms of play calling at a high level, running sets. That makes sense based off of what the defense is giving them. And this team is balanced out as a three-point shooting team to where they're now like top 12 maybe even in percentage. Last time I checked, I can really quickly fact check that for you guys. But like this team is not – I kind of knew, right, at some point the numbers would balance out because I was like there's just no way this team is that bad of a three-point shooting team. The Lakers are the 13th best three-point shooting team in the league now, Right. Uh, they'll be – they might – they have potential to grow, too, because they're one of the, the three or four worst corner shooting teams in the league, but they added Spencer Dinwiddie, who's an elite corner three-point shooter. So, they, they have room to grow there as well. So, I am excited about that, but I just need the coaching staff to continue to play call appropriately, and we'll continue to see pretty solid um, offensive performances. All right. Let's – Let's dive in here. Let's dive in here to the mailbag. So I, I posted a tweet at Sean underscore Davi. Uh, we're saying you know we're gonna do a mailbag on this show. Want to get it a few questions? So let's start this off with uh, Larry McCollum Jr. at Lacey PPK1 on Twitter. He asked if D'Lo plays well throughout the playoffs, no matter where the Lakers end up, should he be resigned? Yovan had a really, really good, good point. Uh, a couple of weeks, ago. this was right around the trade deadline, right? And this is, and his point essentially was, I'm paraphrasing, was if D, it's, you're kind of in a lose-lose situation, right? It's Delo plays really, really well, and he he is so much so that you're talking about in the long term. You're kind of in a lose-lose. Like there is no outcome really where Delo plays well for you this year, and that's a lose. In the long term, like in this scenario, like in the offseason, stuff like that. So Dilo balls out, right? You're in a lose lose situation because he balls out for you. Cool. Now he's more than likely opting out. And, you know, he's, you know, asking for more money, right? I think he's at $18 million next year. We're just going to bump the number up to like 25. If Dilo keeps playing at this level, even and in the playoffs, that's a $25 million point guard that you now have to, to keep right? Um, so you have that, and then you have um, the, the scenario where he doesn't play well and he picks up the option. Now, the benefit of that could be, and again, you never want to root for a player's downfall, especially if he's on your team, but the down, the, the, the benefit of Dilo not playing well is he just opts back in and you now have a tradable salary uh, that's in an expiring contract. So, like, does, does his value really tank at all? No, because of the, like, his, you know what he is, like, even more now, I guess, for the playoffs, but, you know, expiring contract kind of balances that back out to, like, and whatever. I think if you are a fan, well, here's the thing. Here's the problem with resigning him. You are kind of locking yourself in on d Austin, Braun, AD. It's like, yep, yeah, nope, we're, we are 10 toes down. We are winning. We're gonna try to win a championship with these four. That's fine. Or do you try to do a sign and trade? Do you do you try to sign and trade Delo and use his money to go get Trey Young, right, or a Dalvin Mitchell, something like that, right? That's kind of where my mind goes immediately. Not even sure how that would work in terms of the framework of that deal. So, uh, my answer. I guess I'll say yes to like keep the asset, but I don't know how I feel about that. So that's really, really tough. That's really, really tough. Uh let's see here. We got at Joey DW uh 23 on Twitter. Ask without Schroeder and Gabe Hurt. Without Schroeder, okay, and with Gabe Hurt, how do we fare in a potential play in slash series with the Warriors without an elite POA slash screen navigator? I think. I think there are there are definitely some struggles. And, and we're gonna see them, I think, a little bit on Thursday night. Um, the Lakers did a great job, though. I'm gonna give them the credit. They did a a, a pretty good job last season in the regular season, especially, and then the playoffs, even of of game planning for the Warriors offense and top I really like throwing away the off-screen stuff. They really made Golden State kind of go away from their off-screen stuff and the, the cut stuff that makes their offense special because of Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis really nuked a whole third of the Warriors' playbook, and it turned into a Steph Curry ball screen show, which the Lakers did have trouble guarding, but that's because Vanda wasn't the best screen navigator, and the Lakers, they, they, they had to drag AD out of the paint, so the Lakers were a little bit smaller than they probably wanted to be there. Um I will say this, Lakers are switching a lot more this year, which is something they didn't really want to do last year unless they absolutely had to. So I think I think not having Gabe and losing Dennis does hurt you. But I think there are some more, like, unique advantages that this team might have, while last year's team also had some more unique advantages. Like, last year's team could top-lock, like, the best of them, right, on the off-ball stuff from Clay, for example. Now, this year's team could do that, hypothetically speaking, Right. But when you get to the on-ball screen stuff, the Lakers have the size now to kind of switch and be a little more lengthy on the perimeter and and switch everything and try to just keep a body in front of Steph. Um and switch everything in terms of on-ball screens more specifically, right? Um, so that's something you would have to keep an eye out on. But um, yeah, I I do think there are some legitimate concerns for uh for A Warriors matchup, and I'm, I'm interested in seeing how the Lakers guard it uh come Thursday night. Uh Jabari, at Jabari Wilson 2 on Twitter says, with healthy team, who's your Lakers starters in rotations and reserves in the rotation, whether it's nine or a 10-man rotation. So I'll build a, a 10-man rotation for you. Braun AD are both starting. If healthy. Uh, I, I think you can with the way Austin and Delo are kind of starting to play together you can go back to the uh to the three guard not to the three guard to uh Delo and Austin together and we're going to put we're going to keep Vando the starting five. So we're going to go back to the lineup from last year Delo Austin LeBron Vando AD. That's my starting five. Off the bench Gabe, Spencer Dinwiddie, Rui Hachimura, those three. But that's where it gets tricky because the answer is it's it's going to be torian. Torian's going to be that three guy right there. And I think the 10th dude is going to like rotate between um between Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood. But that means now that one of Jackson Hayes or Christian Wood plus Max and Cam Reddish are now out of the rotation. And that's what I'm talking about. And that's where I'm like I'm a little worried. And it kind of sucks actually that you can't like you you're not going to play like 11 guys. Because I just look at this team, and I think that a, like Max and Cam can really help this team out, especially Max, because Max is a, is a pretty solid defender in the correct role, and he's a good offensive player in the right role. Max is spectacular at attacking closeouts and is a great spot-up three-point shooter. This team needs those two things, and I just know that when this team gets healthy, neither one of those two guys are going to be in the rotation, and that's something that is kind of frustrating. But I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie and Gabe, hypothetically speaking, could kind of offset a little bit what Max can do. But what what Cam does, I'm a little you know worried about where that production on the defensive end of the floor is going to come from. All right, last one. Mono Magics ask, what at Mono Magic? What would be your game plan hypothetically forming a team around a Trey and AD po- a duo post LeBron? Game plan, I think more X's and O's. And this is this is really. Why I think Trey and AD is a perfect combination. You're putting a generational playmaker, that is a insane pick and roll player, that is a 37 percent pull up three point shooter this season. Which, by the way, the notion that Trey Young is just this inefficient shot chucker is, I mean, sure percentage wise, but when you start looking at you know, the difficulty of shot, the amount of double teams that this guy faces every night. Inefficient just is the word I would use. And, um, you know, Trey's, you know, a well more than proven playoff score. He's the number one option on the team that went to use the conference finals. He had a good playoff run last year against Boston. And, like, you're putting a generational playmaker that's also on the season a forty-three and a half percent three-point shooter out of ball screens on the on this team, next to one of the best lob threats and rim finishers in the world in Anthony Davis. That is a lethal combination. He's been a much more improved off-ball floor spacer as well, um, where he's shooting thirty-eight and a half percent on catch and shoot threes. Where you go back to you know previous seasons, last year the number was just thirty-six point nine the year prior that number was actually 45.1 percent um hold on one sec let's go back to the regular season last year yeah so that number was but he just didn't have uh, a bunch of you know data on that this season he's always he's already eclipsed his number in terms of catch shoot threes from last season the problem with trey is he's just such a bad finisher at the rim right like he's He's in the ninth percentile of efficiency on shot attempts at the rim. He's shooting 48% at the rim this season. Like, that's historically bad, right? But you can ignore all that. He is a legitimately great offensive engine that I think pairing and Max Anthony Davis, where I, I guess there's kind of, like, worries about who's, who's, who's the number one option. They're kind of both the ones. Like, I guess I would default to this trade because he's the on-ball ball handler. But them together kind of make it a, like, where they're both the one. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys tuning in to the LakerStation.com podcast. I've been Sean Davis. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore DABI. Leave a like and put a comment down below. What are your thoughts on this team? What are your biggest concerns heading into the uh, post-All-Star break stretch? and make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe until next time, everybody see ya stay safe go lake show peace out everybody